0: Hey, broker nation, Scott Beckford here. Today on the show, I have two guests. I have Jules Ferris from $100 Million Journey and I have Jason Henneberry from DocAssist. And so we wanted to have them on to talk about the challenges of building a team. And so Jason, having DocAssist, has lots of staff and, and hiring and stuff. And so I wanted to get his perspective, but I also wanted to talk to Jules about sort of some of what's been happening with the $100 Million Journey and, and trying to build our team. And uh, we did have a couple of technical difficulties. So we've, we're changing the format, we're going to this live format with, you know, way more technology. So we're figuring it out. So please, please be patient with us as we get that working. So the audio is a little bit, um, not quite so great, but it's um, good content. And uh, thank you so much for, for joining into these discussions. And please leave comments below in the Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, your challenges or what you're struggling with on uh, hiring for a team and keep crushing it. So welcome to Island Mortgage Brokering Live, and today on the show, I have Jason Henneberry from Doc Assist and my business partner, Jules Ferris from The $100 Million Journey. And so we want to talk about the struggles of building a team because the struggle is real, and we've definitely gone through our share of ups and downs, and Jason has a, a lot of insights in terms of team building, and so we're excited about this. And so this new format that we have, uh, we've got new technology that we're using, which we're just figuring out, so bear with us. We will get the hang of this. And what we want to do is be able to interact with the audience. So we're excited about where this is going to go and where we're trying to go with this. If you guys have questions for us, we would love you to throw them in the chat box. And we would love to hear your questions on team building or anything that you want to ask Jules or Jason or myself. And I'm going to start out by asking you guys some questions. And we're going to have a a dialogue back and forth. And if you do ask a question and uh, we have you who is the idle you have the mug. So Jason, I'll take this mug here for a second, or can you maybe hold it up, Jason, at that camera? So So, Idle Burger's Brokering Live mug, mug. if you ask a question, then we have a chance to win one. So you can't buy them in stores, you can't get them at Walmart or anywhere or Home Sense. They're only available by interacting as part of our community. So uh, we'd love to interact with you. First, I'm going to, I want to, I'll talk to Jason first. So what, oh no, I'm going to talk to you first, Jules. So what have you, what's your, what have you learned from building, working on building a team in the last year?
1: I would say the number one thing that I learned this year as far as building a team is to make sure that you're really clear on what it is that you need and what it is that you want as far as your team members, I think hiring for your future volume for your goals and not where you are right now, so that you're not hiring out of necessity and rushing into things. I would say those are the probably the biggest things I learned this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah same, with, I've, same with me in the past when I, you know, you get when you're stressed, you usually make bad hiring decisions. You're just like, please so, somebody take this off my plate. But, but usually it turns into a bit of a mess. And so Jason, maybe just tell us a little bit about, so you had a mortgage company for many years and now you have a company called Doc Assist, which does doc basically underwriting and support services for mortgage brokers. So tell me about what you found when you were running a mortgage brokerage and the challenges
2: of team. Yeah, for sure. I got to say, your setup is awesome. Like, if anybody... You yeah, haven't, I, don't think, I don't think anybody's seen this. I mean, I'm the first one to come in the studio. Mm-hmm. This, this is this is amazing, and this is the first conversation. conversation where I'm going to talk to you, Scott, over my shoulder. Right. And right. Thinking, okay, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little bit uh, awkward, but, but, um, but um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think Jules uh, Jules, uh, Jules is right. right. Uh, hiring hiring for, for where you're, for where you're going, going versus where you are um, is is really, really important. important. It's, it's also one of one the of biggest challenges challenge. because hiring, hiring for where you're going means you're spending money that you're not earning yet, and so you're. Uh, when, when you're a solo entrepreneur building a team, you know you have to allocate the resources for it and sometimes the money isn't there. And so growing a team from the ground up, it can be very expensive, time consuming, and you tend to be reactive, uh, looking to add people when you need it as opposed to forward thinking. And that's just, that's just one of the hardest parts about building a team. One of the one things I the things found, found is that I'm
0: personally not very good at hiring people. So I'm the kind of person who would hire an axe murderer provided they're like you know they seem nice and as long as they don't bring an axe to work we'll probably get along fine but honestly uh, so having somebody help you with it if you're not good at it or outsourcing it all together is definitely a good idea the other thing that i've learned too when it comes to hiring staff is that you can't have bigger dreams for them than they have for themselves so you can be like i met you all oh, this is going to be great we're going to do all these great things together and you're so excited and they're like well that's not my dream and then and then there come it creates that friction of you having a different dream than they have and so um, and I've been disappointed numerous times by this, you know, those situations where you have a, a different dream than them. So, so um, yeah, yeah, for sure, that's a, a challenge for me. Anything else you want to add?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, getting on the same page with uh, with your team is really important. And being able to clearly communicate what you want someone to do. Uh, I think when I, when I first started building my team, that, that was one of the biggest obstacles, was forget communicating it, but just even knowing what, what I wanted something. someone else to do. Was a big part of the challenge, and I think you yeah. learn that by hiring someone. someone. And so I hired an ex murderer. As you said, you realize, <laughs> yes. um, and this person's gonna not, maybe not kill me, but they'll kill my business. So right. they're, they're not the right person. Um, and then you learn what you want and what you don't want. Kind of like dating, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, eventually we could know, do a show on dating.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. So, so yeah. yeah. Uh. Just. Just clearly. Uh, understanding what you want uh, out of your team and then being able to articulate that to your team really uh, can eliminate a
1: lot of friction. And right. I think that's, that's a, really a really good point, point too. I, I think, think being, being really clear, clear on what it is that you want, want and you need, need for your team. And, and then, then prior, prior to hiring, hiring that person, person letting, letting them know, be being very clear, clear with them what it is you're looking for, who it for, who is that you need, what you need, what your goals are, and making sure that those are in alignment with theirs as well. And it has to be, like Scott always says, and it's so true, it has to be a win-winner. It's not going to work. So, so I think, I think that's, that's important,
0: important is being very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, so I'm going to ask you this first, Jewel. So what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about hiring?
1: So I feel well, like I, I almost kind of answered that. To that fact, but but, um, but um, yeah, 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 I think, I think, I think that, that start, start out um, um, you know, you know, figuring out what your goals are, being very, very clear on what clear your goals are, goals make a list of what you want to accomplish in the next year or the next few years, and then make a list of what you need in order to accomplish those. Um, um, and and from, from that, that list, you know, find, find the tasks that, that you, you are, are really, really good at or that, or that you want, want to focus on and, and then find the, find the, the tasks, tasks that you could have somebody else do and, and, and just and be really clear on what it is that you needs, need. And and, and again, articulate the person or that you're planning on hiring, hiring to make sure that it fits, sure fits with their, their values and their needs. I think, I feel like, you know, like you mentioned, and I think for us as well, is that you Take, well, the take the time, time to think about it. When you're hiring out of this s rush into something that may not be a fit for you or them, and it's not going to
0: work. So I would say so like, just
1: being really, really clear about
0: what, what you need. What, what, what's your best advice for somebody who's thinking of hiring?
2: You give a lot of uh, forethought to what you want to do. I, I totally am in agreement with, um, with Jules on that one. Um, <laughs> understanding where you're going to take your business so it's not just uh what you need now or next year but understanding sort of what your business looks like when it's fully uh fully grown and so for some people that's uh you know 100 million dollars for in volume volume. for others it's 50 or 25 or or whatever it might be and then sort of mapping out like to hit those volumes how many people am i going to need and who am i going to hire in the right order so you you know you don't just want to find the right people, but you want to find the right people at the right time and, and plug them in um, to, to that growth process.
0: Right. One of the things I think, too, that has been really helpful, and we worked with you back on episode four, I think, on this, was just having your customer journey mapped out. Because when you have your the whole process mapped out step by step, then you can at least go, okay, uh, when you hire someone, because in the past, I've hired people, and I hired my wife once, actually, I rehired her. And uh, she said, okay, I'll come back to work. But you got to buy me a new car. And so I said, okay, yeah, I'll buy, I bought her a car. And then um, she yeah. quit after two days, but yeah. she kept the car. So she's a okay. lot, lot smarter than me. But what happened was is that she came to work for me, but I didn't have my process and I didn't know what to get her to do. So I'm like, she's sitting there working and, uh, or I come in, I'm working and I'm working and working. She said, what am I doing? And I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And because I couldn't give her any work to do, I act. She's just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm, this is stupid. I quit. And so. Uh, I was like crap should I should have got a con- like some better contract or something, a lawyer involved, but mm-hmm. um in any case, I think not having that mapped out is kind of the foundational thing that you have to do if you're ever going to uh, have a team or help or anything otherwise you don't know what you don't, how how you know what to get them to do
2: think about it you wouldn't want to go and take a job somewhere if you didn't understand what the roles and responsibilities were for that job right like you just you, you wouldn't accept. Um, you wouldn't accept that. And so when we're hiring people to come and support our businesses as mortgage professionals, we need to up our game. We need to be thinking about setting clear expectations and, um, so, so, so that everybody comes to the relationship knowing what's expected.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's important. To ask you this first, Jason, what is the biggest mistake you think you've made when it comes to team?
2: So I don't have to think too hard uh, to start thinking about mistakes. Uh, I've, I've made a lot of them. Uh, the biggest one I probably made was when I first started building team. This is going back about ten years. This is way before we built Doc Assist. Undervaluing my contribution as a team lead to the team, and my first uh, so so now I'm getting down to compensation. And my first arrangements with underwriting assistants were basically traditional co broker, uh, traditional like broker split models, and I gave way too much of my money away. And what happened was, uh, I was spending so much of my time out in the community driving new business, and and there wasn't, I didn't put enough value on the lead generation and the managing of the referral sources and the campaigns that would bring that business in. And uh, so I was basically working way harder to feed a team of people, and I wasn't bringing any money home. And so, you know, uh, it's a delicate balance. You want to compensate people. Well, enough so that they stick around and then they do good work and you find the right people. But you also have to uh, put your business owner hat on and make sure you structure the financials for your business in a way that's scalable.
0: Right, right. right. Yeah. That makes sense. What about you, for Jules? What about you, Jules? The biggest mistake you think you've
1: made when it comes to team? Um, honestly, honestly, I feel like I'm a broken, broken record, record, but I like think this is just this my biggest mistake, mistake, mistake and, and, and what I'm working right on and going forward is really just is not, not being clear, clear about, about what, what it is that we need. I think, think that, that like you said earlier, hiring our necessity, necessity being, being so busy that you, you almost, almost don't have time to tell them, tell them, what, them what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you don't, don't plan, plan it out and you're, you're not, clear not clear on what, what that is, is, then you end up doing a lot of it yourself. So I think that that was, you know, my biggest mistake in the past is is hiring our necessity, not being really clear about what it is that we need and what that person's going to be to help us. Perhaps you, know, Perhaps, you know, not, not bringing on not the right, right people, people as a result, as a result. And because, because it didn't, they, they didn't share, share the same vision, vision as, as us, mm-hmm. because how, how could they, they know? know. We, weren't, we weren't, you know, as, as a person. Person. that's, that's I my biggest it's lesson. lesson and biggest
0: challenge, I think. Right. right. Um, so how do you avoid bad hires? What's the advice for that, Jason? You must have, you've, hired, you've hired a few people in your day.
2: Oh, man. I'm still trying to figure out how to avoid bad hires. So we've got a team now of uh, 14 underwriters at uh, Doc Assist uh, that are supporting our different programs. And in the last two years, I think we've hired 25 people to get to 14. Like we now have a process where they get interviewed by three separate people on the team and we do aptitude tests. We're uh, even going to start giving them dummy files to underwrite, package, structure notes, like the whole nine yards. So I've actually hired someone and let them go on the first day that they started because The thing you have to remember is people are at their best in the interview. Like Like, you are never going to get better than at that moment when you're interviewing them because they are putting their best foot forward. The day they start, it's never as good. It's kinda like dating and marriage maybe. Oh, it's like it's totally like a dating site. Like, look at this awesome picture and this strawberry guy looks
0: good and then you meet him. He's, he's not six feet tall, like his profile says. Totally. You do the, the, the downward face.
2: Yeah. Or whatever. That actually happened to me in high school. There a picture of me standing on stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone saw it and tried to date me. And then they saw me in real life. And that was the first thing they said. You're way short. Uh, so <laughs> you that is that hilarious. That That is the relationship. Yeah. So uh, I don't
0: work totally sidetracked. No, I have no idea. Um, how do you avoid <laughs> bad hires? Yeah, it's no. tough.
2: Um, you avoid that, bad hires by having a good hiring process, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wonderful. one trick I, I I learned this by reading um, uh, some something in I think it was ink.com. dot um, If you ask someone what what was, what was a negative, negative experience that they had at a previous work environment, so this is a, kind of a weird question. Like, tell me about the last place you worked, and tell me about the things that bugged you about some of your coworkers, right? Because there's this whole concept of what you see in other people as a reflection of yourself. So they have people tend to have no problem sharing stories that are negative about other people that aren't relevant, and typically they're identifying characteristics and traits about themselves mm. through that process. It's the one question that really gives you some clarity on on who the person is across the table from you. So it's
0: a good question to ask. You know who Nick LeCuyer is. So he's a mortgage guy out of, and so he was, he was telling me that I think, I'm pretty sure it was Nick. I could have, but anyway, so what he had done was, no, it wasn't Nick. It was a guy that I met in Halifax. And so they were hiring an admin assistant and they were like, we want somebody who's attentive, who cares about taking care of customers. And so part of the job interview was actually when the person was sitting in the lobby, they would have somebody walk by and drop papers and see if they would help. (laughs) And and seriously, they were like, they'd walk by and go, oh my goodness. And it was like, would they get off their chair and help? And if they were, then that's the kind of person that we want on our team. Versus somebody who sits there and goes, not my job, right? right. And I was like, dude, that's genius. genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, if you, anyways, you, you do, a good it's stuff. good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're meeting them live, you can yeah. drop papers and be like, what are they gonna do? <laughs> 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 it might be awkward <laughs> if you're just <laughs> in the office. <laughs> and you go, boom, like
2: uh, just drop. Them. That, but that's the that's the one test. We put all our interviews. They pick up paper. They're
0: hired. <laughs> you pick up paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, avoiding bad hires. And so, any advice from you, Jules? What do you think?
1: Well, well I, I think I'm, I'm still learning. learning. Um, um, I like what like Jason, Jason said, said and, and, and he, he was also, awesome I think, um, outsourcing or having levels of checks,
2: checks throughout, throughout the hiring process, process and, and I, I
1: think you know, really important, obviously, obviously as, as an underwriter overall, giving, giving them a, a mock, mock file, file like, what, what, what would you do? do? do you How would you structure this? That's really important. You can't go in and expecting them to know that or expecting that their knowledge is what you think it is. I i absolutely
0: Um, a guy that I know here in town, he's got a a tech company and they just raised like $15 million or something and uh, I asked him, so how do you, and they've been hiring really quickly, right? they got to add like lots of uh, staff and he said what they do with their coders is they give them a problem to solve. They say, here's a problem, go solve it And and then how they solve that problem actually tells them a lot about how they think. So are they clean in their code? Are they there's a whole bunch of stuff that they're looking for but I think you know when it comes to underwriting, that's actually a good idea. Maybe you take a problem file that you had and you say, what would you do with this? Tell me how you think. Like, I love that. And then, and then it gives you like, it just gives you insight into their thinking. And you can, you know, and there, it also gives you a op- coaching opportunity if, you know, if you decide to go down that route. But I think the other piece that I would add to is as well as it's useful to do a, like, especially if you're trying to add like a, a team member that's going to do a different role than you. So if you're the salesperson is personality tests. And so I like the disc profile and the disc profile, you know, if you have somebody who's a high D, which is usually They got to be in charge. You're a high D. I I, I guarantee you, you're like probably off the charts because you got to be in charge. And so are you. And so am I. Uh, And there's I, which is sort of your, you know, interacting with others. And somebody who's uh, exactly like you is probably not going to be a great admin assistant because eventually they're going to want to be. They're going to be like, I like, uh, you know, and and I've in the past, I've hired people who are just like me. They're like a marketing person. They love marketing, but they're terrible at paperwork. And I'm like, well, this doesn't help me because I need help with my paperwork. And I don't need another marketing person. I need another. I need somebody to help me with the admin stuff. So um, I think trying to be aware of the differences and how we're wired, and not hiring somebody just like you, is what I would uh, what I would try to do. And so, any other thoughts on that, Jason?
2: No. Yeah, uh, we're we're using personality tests as well. Um, I have a personal story about personality tests. So one of my business you failed is no. <laughs> failed <for> personality tests. <laughs> Th- there was this yeah. test where it, you see how well you work with other people. So you do That's a test, right. the other person does a test, and then it matches whether or not you you should work together. And uh, my brother and I did this years ago. My brother's my one of my business partner, and we work phenomenally well together. And this test was like, no, you cannot work with this person. So, so I also take personality tests with a bit of a grain of salt, uh, <laughs> but, but they are cool. are cool to sort of just understand. And you guys still work together? I always still work together. Like, I couldn't yeah. imagine. Better a better business, business partner. So, you know, some of these yeah. tests, you, you, you really do have to just take that into consideration. That, that's that's oh. all they are. They're just a series of questions that put you on a grid. It doesn't tell you really yeah. who that person is, but I, it, it definitely helps. Right. Right. Anything else you want to add? Good. Good.
0: Okay. So um, I'm looking at, uh, I see Glenn's here. We've got Bernard, uh, Sharon, uh, Vars, if you guys have any questions for us, we'd love you to interact. Plus, this is how you get your hands on a mug, one of Jason's mugs, so if you have a question, you would like to, oh, here's a good question. What is your favorite interview question? So why don't you answer that? Because I'm actually am terrible at interviewing. I'm like, are you an ax murderer? That would probably be mine. <laughs> What's yours? And everybody says no.
2: He stole my father. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. that movie. I love that movie. He's That's why I think of it.
0: I love that movie.
2: Yeah, yeah so mine. mine is, my favorite interview question is the one that I was talking about, which is, uh, you know, what, uh, tell me some personality traits about some people that you used to work with that really bugged you, that sort of thing. Uh, so I, I think we kind of covered that. That's, that's, uh, that's a good one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you
2: have any, any, what would you ask Jules? I
1: think, I think that's, that's great. to depends your hiring, hiring for, I guess. Like, like I, I, said, I said, if we're doing an underwriter, underwriter hire, I would, I would certainly want to, want to ask the, a walk, walk file and how they would position, position it. it. Um, um I, I, think I think that's a, a great question. question. I, I would definitely use that. Just, okay. Um,
0: Okay, okay so this, this is from bernard, bernard. thank you bernard uh, customer uh hire doc assist and let them do the work for you <laughs> <laughs> did you hire him to put him did you tell him to come on yeah. here i was just kidding i, I, I gotta
2: tell bernard if, if it's all right i'll, I'll let everybody know bernard's one of our supporting brokers yeah yeah uh, and uh, we work worked closely actually
0: he said that to us privately so and i read it out sorry bernard I didn't mean to do that but actually bernard is an interesting business model because um which i probably have him on the show sometime but it's pretty like he, he's the, the board, board broker almost like because of the way he's, he's got so systematized, it's, it's bonkers. And Glenn wants you to bring back some mugs from uh, Vancouver. So, so we have a question from Sharon. What avenue have you found successful in finding staff? So, so, we have used Indeed in the past. We've used Friends. We've used referral, maybe asking some, you know, ask a BDM that you trust. If they know somebody who likes putting together files but doesn't want like sales, like when we've looked for underwriting in, in, in the past, that's worked for us. What about you, Jason? Where, how do you find? Because
2: you've got a lot of staff. So, where do you find them all? So, it's a very narrow pool of qualified underwriters in our industry. I can't tell you. You don't tell us? <laughs> don't it's want secret. I tell you how I do it. Um, I will. So, uh, we've done a combination of things one we've we've got some exposure we have a lot of people uh, through some of our programs like Lenders spotlight and so on so we have just emailed our own database of brokers that's worked out well we've also posted ads on mortgage broker news uh, which works well and Canadian mortgage trends has an employee section like a for hire section and then Facebook ads you can just go and target uh, people through LinkedIn and like social media that have the underwriting designation and it's like dirt cheap to find them Yeah. So those are, we do that constantly. Right. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Okay. So so let's let's switch switch now. So let's talk a little bit about our plan. So part of this was like talking about hiring. We also want to talk about what's happening with the $100 million journey. And so we've had some staff challenges and just like, and great people. I don't want to say, I'm not at all indicating that it's just, you got to have alignment. You got to have, the, you know, the same vision. You got to want the same things. Sometimes things like Ellie moving away because she just, you know, her was a family situation. So we've been like, okay, well How do we solve our staffing issue? And so we've partnered with the Cube, which is powered by Doc Assist at our brokerage. And so we're excited about getting rid of some of those headaches that uh, of this uh, finding someone. And and so tell us a little bit about what that, Jason.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. The,
2: the Cube is, uh, is one of our white labels. So at DocAssist, we have our different underwriting support services. And one of the things we started doing last year was providing essentially a white label of the DocAssist admin services for large brokerages in the in sort of billion, billion and a half dollar range. And so, yeah, Jules, you're, you're at CME with uh, Mike Lloyd and the team. And so they invited us in to take a look at the Cube and we uh, started managing that last year. Uh, with them, and that's been going really, really well. So I'm really excited that, you know, you're going to try the service uh, for the $100 million journey. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And we're and really we're excited, excited, too. too. And uh, uh, I, think I think the biggest thing, thing just going, going back to back what, we what we talked about today, today is, is that, that we don't, don't want to rush into a hire. We don't want to hire a necessity. And, right, and now, right now, we know we are too busy to really be focusing on that. So you talked to us about the opportunity to use that system with you, and we're super excited. We can, we can literally, literally start, start sending files your, files your way immediately. immediately. There's no, no training required. required. There's, There's no hiring required. required. And, and, uh, and we can start started. it. And, and I can, you know, relieve some <laughs> of my plate. plate. And, uh,
0: and if you also, go and get more, and you can go get more, more also, business. Yeah, yeah, focus on, on, on
1: going and more, more business, business. And, you doing know, yeah. what I, I love to do. So, so we, are, we are really excited. Thank you. Yeah.
0: One of the things I like about the the model that you have is that there's built in redundancy. So essentially it's like this, you've got some, you know, if it's because when you have one person that's working with you, because we really have a big dream, like if not, most people are not out to lunch like us and say we want to do a hundred million. Um, but because we have a big dream, we know that there's, um you're going to need more staff and we're going to, you know, it's not going to be done with two people. Um, unless you're going to, it's, it's not possible, but so you you'd like to have a life too. We don't want you working 70 hours a week. And yeah. so, but when you hire one person, if something happens to them where they go on holidays or they get sick, all of a sudden you get sucked back into the operations when you should be focusing on sales. Yes. And so what I like about with this, what we're doing with the cube and with Doc assist is that it, give, it has built in redundancy, right? So you want to speak to that a little bit about how you guys design it that way?
2: Yeah, totally. So I'm just like you, Jules. Like, I want to be home at 5 o'clock. I've got three young kids. So when we started building these underwriting support services for our own business, it was really important to create that redundancy. We didn't figure that out at first, though. And so uh, it was my brother and I managing a bunch of deals. And we had um, we had Carrie, who was our underwriter, who now oversees all of Docasys, actually. Whenever Carrie called in sick or... Said you know she she needed to take a a week off. It was like we had to turn everything off. It was chaos. Our families didn't see us. Uh, It was it was bad. And so we realized then we had to hire you know another underwriter. And the expense of that was huge at the time because we really only had enough deal flow for one person. So and and that's how we started building building our support services. So when you're when you're a solo entrepreneur, creating that redundancy if you're going to build your own team is phenomenally expensive because redundancy comes at at the cost of a salary. And what's really cool about the Cube and our doc assist services is the redundancy comes built in with each file. And so uh with uh, for the hundred million dollar journey, right out of the gate, you get two underwriters where you can round Robin uh your files to in the cube, and there's a team lead for escalations and um and and you know, client sensitive client issues and so on. And and you get all that at the cost, at the scaled cost, which is really awesome. So that's um, totally. you know, hearing all of that.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're excited about, uh, using this service. And, and for me too, the biggest thing is just making, you know, for you, you've got to be happy, right? Like, cause if Jules ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's what I said. <laughs> what I put on the wall of my office. Like, <laughs> so, uh, but you know, and not having to, cause in our market, there's just not a lot of like, it's hard to find, you know, good experienced talent. Not everybody like uh, for some reason there's more underwriters in other markets. And so an outsource option for us, it looks pretty, pro- looks promising because of the fact that there's just not a lot of, like, people that are a good fit,
1: right? Would you agree? I totally I agree. agree. Who, knows who knows how long, long it would take, take us to, to find that, life, like you say. So, you know, you our, know our, our kind of going, going into this year we were thinking, thinking okay, okay, well, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll just, you know, take our time, time with it and it figure it out. Maybe by, by March or April, we'll have something some, Well, Know, you
0: know, March, March or April—that's April, a long way, way away. We work on files. This
1: is just—and you've hit the year running running You know, absolutely. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, you're already putting out some big numbers this year. So, like, if you want to maintain it, it's going to require like some uh, some definitely some help. So, yeah.
2: there's always a period of time, whether you're building your own team or you're plugging into an admin service like ours and the cube. There's always that period of time where you. You learn to jive with your underwriting team because at the end of the day, our business, it's a people business. Yeah, we're pushing paper, but it's people working together, supporting Canadian homeowners. And it's a mortgage and it's sensitive. And then you've got lenders and underwriters and BDMs. It's all people. And so, you know, when you're, when you're building a team, you have to allow for that, but you're doing the right thing. I mean, you're busy right out of the gate. I've seen your volumes. You're going to have a killer year. And, uh, and I'm glad we're, we're getting to this before the spring, cause you're right. If you tried to be reactive in April, May,
1: yeah.
2: um, you, you, it, it takes months to train someone uh, it takes months to do that integration and get to that place wow. where you're, you're flowing with your team. So yeah, this is awesome. Cool. Any last words, Jules?
1: No, no I'm, I'm, just I'm just excited. excited so, so, yeah.
2: yeah, Cool. I love the coffee bags
0: you can see in the corner. So those are for sound dampening. I don't know if you can see them behind Jules, but there's, uh, these, coffee bags that are full of foam. And so they were in my podcast room, but now they're in the audio room. So anyway, I don't, that's my ADD kicking in. I apologize. <laughs> so thank you guys for checking this out and uh, reach out to us. We'll, we'll select somebody from the questions to send them a mug. It'll be Rand. You won't know who until it shows up in your mail. Uh, Matt will take care of that. And um, so, yeah, thanks. <laughs>